What does Q4 remind you of? For me, it's sweater weather and of course, football season. From a business perspective, it is the home stretch. Time to close out another year and prepare for the next. So before we wrap up Q4, it is time to bring in a little bit more business or maybe a lot. And to make this all happen, you're gonna need some sales software. That software that you're looking for is inside of the HubSpot Sales Hub. With a customizable prospecting workspace, smart deal management suite, and AI-powered apps, you can take total control of your sales operations to convert more contacts into customers. And of course, this powerful tool has some snazzy AI embedded. It's called their ChatSpot, which speeds up your day-to-day task with simple chat solutions. And their AI assistant is gonna crank out copy, outlines, and out-of-the-box ideas. They are cleverly designed to accelerate your workflow and baked right inside of this CRM. So stop sticking to the same old strategies and start closing out more deals. The time is of the essence. Make the switch to HubSpot Sales Hub at hubspot.com slash sales. This is the Ops Authority Podcast, where my mission is to break down the backside of your business so you can take the right actions to grow and scale. Hey, I'm Natalie Gingrich, a small business operations expert, and I'm going to give you a front row seat to real solutions that will help you reach the vision that you have for your business, all while equipping you to put out those inevitable pesky fires and those fears that pop up. Listen in for strategies to grow your team, craft the systems and processes that you need for your business, and establish business foundations that you may have skipped over. I know you're ready to do really big things, so let's do it together. Hey, hey, friends. Welcome back to another episode of the Ops Authority Podcast. That's where you have landed, and today you are going to be graced with the 225th episode of this incredible podcast. So yes, that means 225 times I have shown up live for you to share some wisdom, give you some understanding, answer your questions with the intention that I can help you move your business and or your career forward as an operator. So if you're listening today and you're a service provider who provides some type of operational support, you are in the right place. And I invite you to go back and listen to every episode here. But before you do that, at least enjoy today's episode where we're going to be talking to you about what it looks like to be a director of operations in a variety of different business models. So if you are interested in becoming a director of operations and you're ready to jump into our 21st cohort, yes, we have certified upwards of 400 women to become directors of operations. We are open for enrollment right now. You can head over to directorofops.com, read all about it, and definitely get your application in soon before we get started in our final cohort of 2023. But if you're interested in what it looks like to be a director of operations, this is going to be a phenomenal episode for you because you're not just going to hear it from me. You're going to hear it from women who have come through our certification in the past. And the cool thing here is that they are all using their certification in a different way. One of the core values that we have inside of the training programs that we provide is that you're going to use our frameworks, our methodologies, our coaching, our accountability, 
all of the content that we give you can be adapted to your skills and your strengths. We're going to give you the background and the methods and the frameworks that you can use. But everyone comes in with different experiences and different backgrounds and different formal education and, you know, life experience on the job training. And there's so much richness in that. Sometimes I see that people will hop into roles and we as owners expect our staffs to just be robots. And that is something that we're really changing inside of our certification program because we understand that you're a full package. You're not just the package that we are teaching and we are presenting to you. So you come in here with your past, your innate gifts, your skills, and then you're going to learn our frameworks and our methods for many of the areas that you are already really competent in. And then at the exit of this, you get to see what business model works for you. There are many different business models out there. And the one cool thing about all business is operations is the backbone of business. And so if you're a high level operator, if you're committed to continuous growth as an operator, then the Ops Authority and the Certified DOO program is going to be fabulous for you because you're going to be able to use it in any way that suits you. So I want to remind you that our trainings are going to be adaptable to your future, as well as your skills, your gifts, and your passions. And you're going to hear that from the four women that have contributed to this podcast today. We asked four women in four different business models who are currently serving in a high-level operations field. They have all utilized, well, they've come through the certification program. They're using the skills and the training that they received here, and they're doing it a little bit differently. So I wanted to show you what it looks like to be a director of operations in a variety of different business models. You're going to hear from Regina, who is a certified DOO and is working as an operations manager inside of a brick and mortar, meaning she works in a local business. She shows up, goes into the office, and there is a high applicability to an operations field being in this type of a business structure. The next, we have Tracy, who's going to talk to you about what it looks like to use a DOO skill set inside of corporate. And that's a fascinating story because we get a lot of people here that are looking at working in small businesses. And Tracy's been able to adapt that to serve not only in corporate, but also in a volunteer capacity. Then we have Akila, who's going to talk to us and share about her experience as being a ops manager inside of a nonprofit. And she is going to share what she learned as a DOO. And you're really going to hear two of the specialties that we teach heavily on and how that influences her day. And then lastly, we are going to have Jean, who is a recent certified DOO, talking about how she is serving as a director of operations inside of an online business. So to recap again, you're going to hear about a brick and mortar experience, a corporate experience, nonprofit, and then we're going to wrap it up with an online business. So join me in hearing more about what they love about their role, what their days look like, what responsibilities they have, any of their current projects that are keeping them busy and occupied, their brains moving very quickly at work, and then what they love 
most about their role. So sit back and listen in to what these ladies are up to. And then at the same time, I invite you to think about how you can utilize some of the skills that they're talking about. You may not have every skill that they have. You may not have the same experience or even interest in the way that they're utilizing their skills today. But I hope that this episode gets you to a place where you can sit back and think about how you're going to grow as an operator. Is there something that they say that you're like, ooh, I wanna learn more about that or I wanna dive into this or maybe I can tailor my current role into something more like that. And maybe it's like, you know what? I've been working with online coaches and consultants and now I'm really interested in what Regina talked about in working locally with a brick and mortar. So I invite you to listen to these four certified DOOs on their current experiences in a variety of different places that they are serving as a director of operations. I would say what I love most about my role at David Peck as the operations manager is that I don't have a typical workday. Because I wear a lot of different hats in the company, some days I'm at my desk, some days I'm working at home, other times I'm in the boutique with clients or working directly with our staff, or sometimes when we're really, really busy, I even pick up needle and thread and I'm back there sewing dresses, which is one of the fun parts of having different skills come together for one job. But that's the reality with a small business that's growing so much is that there are lots of different roles to fill and anyone who can does when it's necessary. The first thing I do in the morning is I look at my to-do lists from the day before of the things that hadn't been finished and I check my emails and correspond with the people I need to correspond with and I plan out my day. Because there are so many different things to do, I have to sit down and schedule my tasks ahead of time. My biggest responsibilities are HR and creating the systems that the company uses, and most importantly, making sure that different departments are communicating with each other. That, I think, is the biggest challenge and the most important because I'm the one with the eagle's eye that can see all this stuff happening while everyone else is kind of in the micro. I communicate most with my CEO and chief visionary officer. That's David Peck himself and also the designer. He's often busy with clients or handling marketing. And so when it comes to the big picture stuff, he tells me what he wants, how he wants the company to be. And I have a lot of autonomy in making sure those things happen. And so I spend a lot of time doing that. One of the big projects I'm working on right now is donations and our events. We're currently down an events coordinator. And so that, that the role falls to me because it's a really important role. And so making sure those things are happening while I'm also looking for the person who's going to replace me doing that and then creating the systems for this role That way, when we do hire that new person, it's ready to go. That is my biggest project at the moment. Hi, Natalie. It's Tracy Green. And, you know, becoming a DOO in corporate has its empowering advantages. When it comes to my current responsibilities, I would say that I'm more of a generalist. 
I am an AVP of Risk and Investment Technology, and I'm responsible for ensuring that there is alignment and successful execution of tech product initiatives that intersect our operations team. So I currently lead a project portfolio of about 19 to 20 projects, closely impacting three to four, sometimes five, stakeholder groups all at the same time. My role is to remove all the blockers, hold people accountable, and communicate with stakeholders and cross-pollinate messages across project teams. I do not have any direct reports, so I lead with influence over authority. When I manage up, I'm really helping senior executives understand the risk and navigate their decision-making process within a specified time frame, which is technically not, you know, not allowed on their calendars. They don't have room for that. And then I'm managing down, when I am managing down, I'm helping them execute the art of problem solving. You know, a lot of times with project teams and execution teams, they are facing their next harrowing human of the day. So helping them navigate that and really figure out what the true problem is, is a lot of what I do. I host monthly meetings, weekly meetings, daily meetings, depending on which project, which project team, and what's the sense of urgency. I also report out monthly to stakeholders and let them know how things are going. What I'm loving about my role is that I am really intentionally looking at it through the lens of risk management now. It gives me an opportunity to really dive into KPI's closest relative, the KRI, and develop key risk indicators. And since that's my current specialty, I love that I'm able to expand on that and really dive into it. For me, it's really a reminder that I don't always have to climb the ladder, that I can find enjoyment in growing wide, which, you know, making lateral moves, just to expand my skill set a little more and remain employable if that's what I choose to do. With all that work that I have to do, one thing that I do to be corporate burnout and to make sure that I'm being true to myself is to maintain my boundaries. So I open up Outlook, I open up OneNote every single morning, and I give myself 10 minutes in what I have to call an empowered no zone. I look for double bookings, meetings without an agenda, meetings where I'm invited as optional, and I use that as an opportunity to say no or no thank you, or you know I'll read the notes when they come out after the meeting. I evaluate meetings that I'm even hosting to make sure that they couldn't just be handled by an email or whether or not I just have enough there to, you know, warrant a whole bunch of people getting on the call. I'll end with this, that the DOO has definitely elevated me. When I think about what my DOO legacy is, and I know you talk about that a lot, I will leave you with this. The one thing that I am most proud of is that I had the opportunity to utilize my DOO skills as a volunteer in a nonprofit during the pandemic. I stuck in there for two years and yes, it felt like a second job. But it was the most rewarding feeling that I've had because I had to tap into every single discipline that we had learned in the DOO program in order to get them through that tough time. So I hope this helps. I hope that, you know, you get insight, whether it's in corporate or whether you're volunteering. I wish you a tremendous amount of success. If you're listening to my podcast, there's a great chance that you enjoy listening to other people's podcasts. So I'd like to recommend a podcast that I've been enjoying and I think you will enjoy as well. Latinx in Power. It's hosted by Taisha Fernandez. It's also brought to you by the HubSpot Podcast Network, which is the audio destination for business professionals like you. This podcast features interviews with top-level executives, entrepreneurs, and innovators from all over Latin America. I recently listened to one of her podcasts called Harnessing the Power of Silence in Negotiation with Diana Kleps. 
while I was listening, I couldn't help but think of you and how this could be helpful for you. In this interview with Diana, she talks about what it's like to be a Latina leader in the diversity space. And then another tidbit that I took away was just how significant it is in the sales process to ask a question and to let the silence work for you after that. So join me and listen to Latinx Empower wherever you get your podcast. My workday with the nonprofit usually involves analysis of financial data, working on expense reports and budgeting. And I also work on job descriptions for any new hires or like job postings on LinkedIn. I also work on onboarding of new hires. I also get involved in employee and contract payroll, as well as I work with the chief of staff on any strategies for the nonprofit. Though I'm the operations manager for the nonprofit, my key responsibilities are more towards the finance, HR, and customer support space. So I'm more of a specialist in the HR finance space for the nonprofit. The first thing I do when I log into my work is go over my schedule and to make sure if there are any calls and if there is any prep work needed for those calls. So I just do that first thing in the morning. And I also answer my emails while I'm still fresh so that I'm giving my fullest clear attention to those before jumping on to any of my tasks in the to-do list. I usually report to the CEO of the company, but I get involved in communicating with different team members within the nonprofit. I get heavily involved in communicating with the chief of staff, the marketing department, customer support department, and the CEO of the company on the day-to-day throughout the day because I act as a bridge between different departments, making sure things are running smoothly. So I communicate with like almost all departments in the HR and uh, finance space. The projects the nonprofit is working right now is launching our app. So we are really excited and looking forward to that. So I am involved in hiring new contractors for those the project. So we are almost done and we are uh, about to launch our app on Apple and Google platform. So we are really excited and they're like, we are all hands on the deck for the project right now. What I like most about working for the nonprofit as the operations manager is because our uh, the CEO of the company is a licensed psychotherapist and a recognized leader in the field of meditation. So working for this nonprofit gives me a sense of satisfaction that I'm working for a good cause for the society along with using my best skills that I am capable of. So that gives me an immense satisfaction. My work days are consistently dynamic and fast paced, driven by my passion for hyper focusing on business initiatives. To maintain a well coordinated team and ensure alignment, I begin each day with 15 minute stand up calls. These meetings serve as a valuable forum for discussing priorities, addressing immediate challenges, fostering a shared sense of purpose among team members, and it really nurtures a sense of connectedness among and within the team, which is essential for online business teams to thrive. Throughout the day, I review ongoing tasks and projects, which really allows me to gauge our process, identify bottlenecks, and pinpoint areas where we can enhance efficiency. This routine not only keeps us on track, but empowers us to adapt swiftly to the ever-changing business demands. 
fostering a proactive and agile work environment that is essential for our ongoing growth and success. This also really helps me equip myself with the information that I need to make informed predictions and decisions. I consider myself a generalist with a deep affinity for systems and structured processes. My core responsibilities revolve around project management, team management, system optimization, and maintaining a strategic alignment with our business objectives. I work closely with the virtual assistant, executive assistant, CEO, and COO. I ensure that these roles are working cohesively together. As a director of operations, my role is pivotal in fostering collaboration and synergy among the entire team because I bridge the gap between various functions within the organization. My workday typically begins with a quick review of emails and Slack messages, and from there, I delve into the project management tool that we use, Asana, to review the daily tasks, any outstanding tasks, and to just see where we are on projects. Presently, I am deeply engaged in two major initiatives, One is automation of our customer onboarding process, and the other is planning our fall retreat. Simultaneously orchestrating these two substantial projects co-currently alongside running our day-to-day operations is intense, but I wouldn't have it any other way, and there's always something to do. What I love most about my role as a director of operations is the opportunity to make a tangible impact on the company's success and helping the visionary achieve their vision while making a lasting impact on our audience. Being able to design systems that not only streamline operations, but also contribute to the bottom line is incredibly fulfilling to me, but also being able to impact other people's lives is probably more fulfilling to me. So if you're like me, as you were listening to these four different women comment on what their experience is right now as a high-level operator in the variety of different business models, you could probably hear the same thing I heard, which is there are some similarities and then there are some differences. And so as you were listening in, which of these sounds like an area or a business model that best suits you? I'd love to hear that. Head over to theopsinsiders.com and join our private Facebook group where all of the operators and service providers hang out and talk about all things operations. All right, ladies, I hope that this has given you really good insight and has encouraged you that there's a lot of different ways to use all of your amazing skill sets. If you've already got the skill set, and you are ready to up-level that skill set to be seen as the leader that you are, to earn what you deserve, to make the amount of impacts that you have long desired to do, most of it comes in the way that you are showing up with the skills that you have. Let us be the complement to adding a more strategic focus to what you currently have. I would love for you to join us in our upcoming round. Head over to directorofops.com. Make sure to get your application in today so that we can get you on that growth path for 2024. We're gonna begin our cohort here in a couple of weeks and you're invited to apply, directorofops.com. Until next week, let's do big things. 
Thank you for investing just a little bit of time to listen to this episode of the Ops Authority Podcast. I am so grateful to be surrounded by real action takers like you who are invested in growing their business through operations. Will you add one more action to your to-do list today? Visit theopsauthoritypodcast.com where you can join our community of business owners and other ops experts. You're going to hear from me in a week, but in the meantime, do big things on the backside of your business.